0: Caleb, it's doomsday, the end of the world,
1: help me, (coughs) you asked me to help you, man is evil, capable of nothing but destruction. billions of galaxies in the universe lies a medium-sized star, and one of its satellites, a green and insignificant planet, is now dead.
2: everybody, and welcome to the podcast, The Nightfly, with me, Dave Juskow. May 2019, one of the most important months and years of our time, as Dave Juskow continues to live in a society that won't have him.
0: A dead planet in all
1: the universe.
2: Going all the way back to 1970, from beneath the planet of the apes, the explosive ending that you never expected as a kid, still doesn't make any sense to me. And all the universe,
1: a dead planet.
2: Well, week two of Being Unemployed, fired, let go by the Me Too movement. This never would have happened two years ago. But yet now, stuck in oblivion, with no future, no past, a dead planet. That's what I feel like. But, I'll tell you, I was almost not going to do a podcast. I'm like, why? I don't think anybody wants to hear another non-uplifting podcast, but uh, I don't know, I, I feel like they're the best podcasts I've ever done. <laughs> so maybe I figured we'll do one more Take a break next week. We're taking breaks next week because um, uh, where's the? uh, It's this one.
0: Lately, though, I've been uh, I've been buying the generic brand of wax beans. You know, I rip off the label. I can hardly tell the difference.
1: Officially bottomed out. (laughs) Who's our next guest? We got no one. We need a new format.
0: We should shut down and retool.
2: (laughs) What about a guest host? I'll pretend I didn't hear that. (laughs) So yeah, we're going to shut down and retool and come back and, and do some form of normalcy uh unless uh you know unless maybe um i'm like david tell uh when he is uh going through uh, a bad time he's the funniest guy we've ever met his bad time brings us joy but uh no that's not the case let's face it well i'm in a good mood everybody's in a good mood but i am having quite the difficulty with uh putting this all together uh you know people are like well you know have you looked have you done anything i'm like no i haven't done anything because it's going to take i remember i've been working for 20 years i think it's going to take a couple of weeks before i get you know before i get to a place where i feel comfortable uh, not comfortable but just like where where it's still the shock has left i mean this is still very completely shocking every day when i wake up i say what this is real it is as if Somebody has died. It's the exact same feeling. It's as if, uh, you know, when, you, when somebody dies, and I believe we talked about this last week, when somebody dies, you just go through these phases where you wake up, you're like, wait, this is real. I can't believe I'm never going to see him again. It's the exact same feeling. It's the exact same feeling. It's like, uh, I don't know. And I don't want to keep talking about it. It's just like, what am I going to do? It's so confusing. I'm so not in the right mindset for anything. Uh, I try and go out and have a good time, and I forget about it sometimes, but then at some point, it creeps up again. You know, if you don't have any other plans, it gets really tough. Now, I'm taping this on Monday, May 20th. This comes out on Tuesday, May 21st. Next Monday is Memorial Day. We always take a break on Memorial Day week, and the next podcast that will come out is when we have our show at the Comedy Cellar on June 4th, which is on the calendar, but you got to go looking for it. It's not like in the lineups. It's really, I love them down there more than anything in the whole world, but I need some help, guys. Can you please put up my thing so people can buy or reserve tickets? This is, this is not helpful at all. You can't find it yet. I'm hoping by the time this comes out, it will be up. I'm going down there tonight. I am taping uh, the Keeping Joke podcast, which I can't tell you how happy that makes me. Uh, with Phil Hanley and Sam Morell and Joe Mackey. I'll be taping their podcast. I just did Kevin Brennan's Burning Bridges today on Compound Media. Um, you know why? Because now I'm free on Mondays at 2 o'clock. I haven't been able to ever go in there because I'm not free Mondays from 2 to 3.30. Today I was completely free. I had a lovely time, although you got to be careful on that show because, you know, he uh, badmouths everybody. Everybody. Nobody is spared, which is, you know, what I like. But you got to be careful because I hope people are like, look, you know, hey, I'm on that show. I'm going to have a good time, whatever. But, you know, there's a lot of people I I like uh, that he, you know, hates. And um, it's funny every time. uh, I just don't want to get caught up in the the shuffle of, um, oh, who cares? Who really cares at this point, right? But, um, you know, whatever. But that was fun. Uh, It's fun going down there and... I don't know, but I'll tell you yesterday, so yesterday I hung out with um, a, a very big fan of the podcast, um, our friend Gabriel Noel, who's actually, um, you know, put together that little uh, Big John Little John song for us and stuff, and he's from Canada, and he he came down, and he was in New York, and he, you know, I mean, this is a guy, he's always like, uh, hey, I want to go to those places you mentioned, you know, like Tasty Subs and Edison and, uh Lansdowne Road. So I'm like, oh, don't go there anymore. They changed the wing recipe. You know, that I, I just communicate with them on Twitter. and uh, But I met him yesterday because, you know, this is the new Dave Jessica I'm like, oh, well, what am I doing? I did a charity walk in the uh, morning for Hope and Heroes. Uh, please, if you uh, feel like donating to a very nice charity for, uh, it is for a cancer thing. I usually, don't, I I find sometimes that cancer research, I, I don't, uh, I, I just feel for some reason that that's one of those charities that I'm like, ah, eh, uh, you know, well, are well, they going to find a cure if I send them money? You know, so but this uh, charity, when I've had my friend Joe Messina on the podcast before talking about it, is a good charity. And it's it's not it's not so much that I can say it's a good charity, but I, I, I think it helps. It's, he's explained it a hundred times, but I feel like it helps the nurses there somehow. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know but it's very dear and close to our heart and and that's the funny thing this rotten horrible woman that got me fired at my office was bringing up uh, the reason about this charity with my friend Joe and and what a horrible human being this this uh person is who who caused all of this suffering for Dave Juskow by mentioning this this uh you know his daughter that died and this is why we do the charity and this is why we do the walk the nerve of her Ever bringing something like that up. It's none of her business. How, again, how I feel about um, him or his family or this organization. And I, of course, support the organization. I even, uh, fortunately, I, I, I gave some money before I got fired. So, because when I, I did a charity walk on Thursday and I could not give them any money because I had been fired. Uh, but this one I did early on. I'm able to give a little something and to show the support uh, by walking. Because, you know, whatever it is, you know, whatever, whatever the charity goes to, I do know that this family, the Messina family, and if if you are going to donate, I think it's, you know, the Maria Messina Foundation. I I, I think that's what it's called. I'm not sure. Um, I probably should have been sure before, I but I wasn't sure I was going to talk about it in this detail. But uh, I guess, you know, why not? I mean, I usually have Joe on the podcast, but everything went so crazy at work. You know, this is somebody I work with that you know he's probably not allowed to be seen with me at this point uh but we walked for his daughter and his uh wonderful family that uh survives and goes on uh day by day as uh you know a quite fascinating facet that maybe you know I should take a look at at my life and my whining and complaining uh about uh, what happened to me when people are going through real life situations, uh, such as the the Messina family, which I, I I say, you know, puts it together. And I don't know how they go on, quite frankly. And it's funny because we've talked about it and we've talked about it on the show. Um, you know, jo- Joe and, and his family, they they go on by their faith in the church and, uh, you know, the, and they have each other. And their extended family, which is a wonderful family, which I feel you know they've bought. I I feel closer to their family than I do of my own family. Uh, this is how close I am to that family, and the way. And, and I've told you how fascinated I am that they go on uh, and with their faith in the church, which I would be the absolute opposite way. I would curse God on a daily basis if this happened to me. It is fascinating how you can go one direction or the other. But I guess it's the fact of whatever gets you through um, and you choose a side, and uh, I would go the other way, um, as I do on a daily basis, cursing um, everyone, the God and whatever the universe has dealt out for me. Uh, that's the way I look at it, although it's funny because when I you know speak to Joe or his family, I, I do think about going into church and and sitting and and wanting you know when i went to lee's father's funeral i was glad i was in church some sort of spiritual i need some guidance some uh some direction and uh you know and i i certainly i mean this is the time where people get fooled into uh cults and things like that and when you look at the paper every day that nexium thing with the girl from superman and all the branding of the girls—it's like the hottest thing I've ever heard. But uh, you know, it, it is—it's is a cult, and it's—and it, this guy is a, a jackass who put it together, and also a genius. You know, like Hitler, uh, you can't deny the genius of somebody that can put together an organization which is just completely evil, and for some reason has followers. That is a charm and genius, and uh, you know, kind of a—you know—you you, you hate it. You curse it, but you also are like, damn, that person is very intelligent that they were able to, unfortunately, use their intelligence for evil, which does happen. But, um, yeah, I am looking for guidance and direction somewhere in the world, and I don't know who's going to get it to me. And I I look for it in church. I mean, I just, I guess I know more Catholic people than I do Jewish people at this point, I I guess. Or maybe the Catholic people I know are just more church-oriented, so I've been more... Going or celebrating the church, I'm just saying. I just, I just haven't been to temple in a long time. You know, most of us only go on the high holidays, and I don't know. I don't like temple. I don't like it. It it's not giving me the guidance I need. I don't know why. I I mean, I hate to say this. It's I I, I don't mind being Jewish or anything, but I, um, temple's not giving me what I need. I don't know whether church is either. I don't know what will. I don't know what the uh best thing to do is I don't know where to look. Um some sort of meetings or something. I mean I've often thought of going to I, I think it's called Al Anon and it's for families that have had drunken fathers or something. I, th- I think that's what it's called. But again, as you know, I never had a drunken father. I he didn't drink, but everything he did was like having a drunk father. You know what I'm saying? Like a uh an alcoholic father in the sense of just the the fear that I still have Every day in my dreams that he's still alive and somehow torturing me, um, the, when I hear neighbors upstairs walking around, which I don't hear very often, but when I do, I think it's my dad coming down to yell at me. When I'm at my sister's house and I hear the garage door open, I get terrified, thinking he's going to come home and yell and scream and threaten, and uh, that, that just never goes away. And you would think at this time he's been dead for a long time, it would go away. Or there would be one dream I would have that would be pleasant. I think I'm having more dreams about him now. Uh, (laughs) Because I guess, you know, I need like a father. But uh, not... That one I guess And I uh, Told you I just Don't Feel the solace I have in my direct Family with my mother My sister Or her children But I uh, So I don't know I know we always Talked about the Seller family and that's great And I'll get to go down there tonight and I know I'll have a good time I know I'll have a good time. It's so wonderful to see everybody. Everybody knows my situation. Everybody's been so nice. So nice. I, I'm sorry. Again, I haven't looked at Twitter since last week. My schedule is all messed up. You know, my you know, I always had a pattern. Uh, Monday, I, I set up the tweets. And Tuesday and Wednesday, they come out. And Wednesday, I usually look and respond to people. I just, I'm all over the place. I don't know what's happening. Uh, I'm confused. I haven't looked at any tweets, but uh, everybody so far has been so nice and I really appreciate it. And I'm sorry again for giving you three weeks of absolute nonsense. But uh, I, I you know, what else can I say? I don't I'm not. I'm so confused. I will tell you this, though, and I cannot tell you. I, I mean, this is one of those things where maybe the universe does get it. And every night when I come home, there's a James Bond movie on Stars. I don't know. They're doing it every night. And that's what I watch every night, no matter which one it is, no matter what part they're in. I don't want to put it on in a DVD or whatever or get it on Netflix. It's just on at any scene. I've seen them all. But this made me laugh so hard. Uh, i think on saturday night when i needed it i'll tell you what happened on saturday before i play it and i'll tell you why it cheers me up my sister uh i don't hate her or anything you know but uh you know she's in an, another production of a show you know so i'm sitting here telling, i've been telling everybody that beetlejuice is great right because it's really terrific and uh and uh, she's in a production now Newsies, Newsies. This Alan Mankin who wrote. So he, this guy was the worst songwriter in history. Did everything, this guy, I think he did The Little Mermaid and maybe Beauty and the Beast. I mean, he's got a couple of ones, but he was so overrated. This guy stinks. He wrote this musical Newsies, and they did it at this place in, I don't know, Cranford, New Jersey. So... Uh, my sister's friend, Mark, who I like very much, um, him and his husband, yes, they're homosexual, uh, invited me to, he's like never invited me to go anywhere. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. And then, uh, one of Beth's friends who I like very much, who I went to see, uh, Dave Landau with and stuff. We, you know, we keep in touch. She's very nice. She's coming to see me open for Sarah, her and her husband. They're very sweet. And her and all the girls that go to Beth's birthday parties were all coming on Saturday. I'm like, well, this is perfect. This this is a good reason to go. Everybody will be there. So, you know, I'm already like, this sucks because I, I don't even want to leave the city. I don't want to get my car. It took me 45 minutes to get out of the city. I actually had to, you know, I follow the Waze app now. I actually had to leave, you know, park on 56 and 6. told me to go back east, then downtown, then you know, dental to West, and oh, what a nightmare. I finally get to town, uh, you know, out of Jersey, to Jersey, you see this stupid show. And my sister also wrote, I can't believe you, you know, none of my friends have come. I have a big part in this one. It was not a big part. She lied. This was not a big enough part to beg your friends to come to. She had one line that was funny, but it's just like, yeah, we. Yeah. It's not enough to, to, to whine to your friends that you gotta come. I mean, you know, you, you put your friends through a lot of nonsense, just like I used to in the early days when they, they all had to come see me do comedy and sit through a bunch of horrid acts in the 80s and 90s. Oh my god, what my sister and mother and my friends had to sit through for years until, you know, we got to this level where, you know, now you come to see me, you're getting a very big quality show, which we've talked about. But all I do is get shit, and you get newsies. Hey, we got to get the papes. It's, 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 nobody needs the the story of the 1899 paperboy strike never needed to be told, ever. And the people are getting carried away with what needs to be told. The story needed to come out I thought the 1899 paperboy strike. If somebody didn't tell it quickly, Oh, me, I'm dying to get away
0: to a little town out west that's in new. And while I ain't never been there, I can see it clear as day. If you want, I bet you, you could see it too. Close your eyes. Oh. Come what? Where it's clean and green and pretty, and they went and made a
2: city out of clay. <laughs> what a minute, that she <laughs> When you put a laugh into a show like that, it usually blows. It's like a signature part that it blows. Get there. Unless you're Elton John, you're like, it's a little bit funny. <laughs> or a man who makes posters. He has a little laugh in there. That works. Folks will walk
0: right up and say Welcome home, son Welcome home to Santa Fe This
2: asshole's thinking He's singing about going to Santa Fe You know, he lives in uh, Manhattan He's got nowhere to sleep It's hard You know, so I'm watching this thing Where everybody's poor Nobody has a place to sleep And, you know, I'm like This is exactly what I don't need to see today And all he's doing is dreaming of Santa Fe And I'm like, what is this asshole Singing about And these Accents and the, hey, I mean, if I want to see a Brooklyn accent, I want to see John Travolta. Come on, I want to go to Santa Fe, in Mexico. It's gonna be unbelievable there. Otherwise, everybody else sucks. Planting
0: crops,
2: splitting rails,
0: swapping tails around the fire. Except for Sunday when you lie
2: around all day. That's how the show opens. That's how it opens. And it sets the tone for shittiness. This place sucks. And if you're not seeing a Broadway production of it, it's even worse. And what's even worse is that I'm sitting there the whole time and I'm like, what I could be doing is seeing Book of Mormon, who I'm pretty sure saw this and say, let's take that song and make fun of it. Instead of him talking about Santa Fe, we'll talk about a different place.
0: You're like the smartest, best, most deserving elder the center's ever seen. And we'll make fun of pieces of
2: shit that write that.
0: The most important time of a Mormon kid's life is his mission. A chance to go out and help heal the world, that's my mission. Soon I'll be off in a different place, helping the whole human race. I know my mission will be something incredible.
2: Orlando they are making fun of this idiot singing about Santa Fe and his place to get away to Santa Fe you know what if I was a newsie I'd just be singing about Jersey God I wish I could just go to Jersey it's probably better there Santa Fe they're making fun of this idiot in this show and it's a better song they're mocking newsies with their Santa Fe song by not only using Orlando which is hilarious The perfect thing to pick. But then by making a better song than this tool, Alan Menken, who doesn't know how to write a shit song. Or the other way around. That's all he knows how to do is write shit. Jesus Christ. These guys who wrote the Book of Mormon. I mean, they just got it so right. And, you know, it's like in a way. You, you know a guy like me who you know likes show tunes or broadway and stuff who yeah you, know, you would think maybe i'd be like angry at this. I don't like that they're making fun of broadway but oh my god not only do they make fun of it but they they fucking made better music than any broadway show i've ever seen i mean how enjoyable is that whether you like show tunes or not it's hilarious it's catchy i mean these guys are brilliant and then you got to sit through this fucking asshole from Newsies. It's going to be in trouble if he thing doesn't thing. deliver the papes.
0: He's begging you to stay. They's begging you to stay. stay.
2: sweet. The only way this is good is if it's. If they're making fun of it. Oh.
0: Hey. No one worries about my hey, skimp legs hey, Yeah. You just hop a Palomino, you're riding style <laughs> be riding in style Hey, I bet a few months of clean air you could toss that crush for good
2: Oh, you have to be kidding You gotta be kidding Oh, this is how it opens Can you imagine? I'm like, oh my God, I'm committed to another two hours
0: How much do I hate my sister at this very moment? The
2: limit. And where does she she doesn't come in till like a half hour into it. We don't see her. She comes in a half hour. She got a second scene, like a one second scene, then she comes in 45 minutes later and does something else. And we got to sit through this. There wasn't one song I could give two shits about. I couldn't give a shit about the show or the cause or anything. Uh, Am I a snob? You're damn right I am. I mean, I had just seen Beetlejuice, right? So, all right, maybe it's not the greatest musical ever, although right now I'd like to see it again. It was most enjoyable. I played to that song last week. It's pretty goddamn good, and that's just a, a song in the middle. The way they open Beetlejuice is fantastic. It's called the whole Being Dead thing. Sets up the whole show. And that's what you need. You know what this does? Put you to fucking sleep and say, why did I spend money on this show? I mean, if I was seeing it on Broadway, i had been furious. Except there's better dancing and there's better talent, right? So maybe, you, you know, you just put up with it. Oh, man, man, oh, man, oh, man. So I am just like, this blows. I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to become a paper boy pretty soon. Uh, that's the only message I'm getting. I'm in big trouble. If I had a terrace, I'd probably be sleeping on it. Everything was making me upset. And then to follow it up, nobody wants to hang out after. Mark and his, and his husband, they leave right after because they had dinner before. I said, no, I'm going to go out after. The girls didn't come. They came the night before. You know why I didn't know? I'm not sure if they contacted or anything, or not because I don't have my email address anymore. So it's possible they said, hey, we changed our mind and go tomorrow. And she said, nobody responded because I don't have that. I don't have the email anymore. So I didn't know. My sister goes to the cast party. It's in the place. The people are no fun in there. I go right back home. I go right back home. I had nothing. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Came out of here. The least thing. The least somebody could do is buy me a drink for coming all the way out here from New York City. I traveled the furthest out of anybody in that fucking audience. Buy me a beer. Uh, unfortunately, I had eaten an entire bag of S- Starburst. Um, gummies uh and so I kind of had my stomach hurt anyway but still wanted to do something I wasn't ready to you know I had it in my mind I was going to either eat or drink after the show like we always do when Beth has a show man that was lame that sucked so when I got home I was depressed let alone there's something about walking to that garage something on 57th street which is a problem lately I don't know what's going on. Now, that's technically a high-class street. The president lives there. You know, Four Seasons is there. But I've been having a lot of trouble with tourists, like, uh, acting weird and strange. I get nervous, like, where when I get home, I, I feel like I've made it. Like, I'm finally at a home base. Like, a, I don't know. So it's just getting worse and worse. I don't know why. Something about Saturday nights, like, around five, six, seven o'clock. All the way to 11 o'clock where just that area just becomes ironically seedy somehow. Hard to explain, but God damn. I was really upset. I was really upset. I'm like, I just wasted my time. I, I spent money on, you know, this is what I'm thinking. Of now. I spent money on gas and tolls. I bought the ticket for the show. I'm nervous about spending money right now. Uh, and and for what reason? For what reason? I didn't even I didn't even I I didn't even have any interaction with people, you know. There was a girl I knew from last year. I had another show. I asked her out a couple times, you know, whatever. I saw her there. I I didn't bother asking her out again, you know. But <laughs> as if you get creepers, she was. I had to park all the way down. I uh, saw her walking down. You know, it's nighttime. I I called her from out of my van. I'm like, hey. How you doing? You know, (laughs) she was terrified. It made me seem extra creepy. (sighs) Yeah, I was really pissed off. Really pissed off. Just, uh, you know, I just didn't need a night like that. I don't need any more, any kind of anticlimactic depressing evenings. I need uh, what's in my head to actually happen. I can't have any... Uh, you know, it's not like a, a day like that. I, I probably still would have been depressed, but I would have been like, yeah, oh, that's all right. I'll go home, watch TV. This time I'm like, no, nah, I thought I was going to finally, I don't know. Everything's changed. But um, fortunately, I uh, my favorite James Bond, not my favorite is Casino Royale, but my favorite of all the Roger Morrow ones was on, which is The Spy Who Loved Me, and I couldn't have been happier. And I was like, all right, maybe the universe does like me today because The Spy love Me is on. And um, this made me laugh out loud. Now, of course, I remember it, but for some reason now it just is extra funny.
0: You saved my life. Thank you, James. I'm sorry. Why don't you lie down and let me look at it?
2: That music is hilarious. It sounds just like a porno from the 70s. <laughs> I don't know why that just makes me laugh. That made me laugh so hard. I'm like, oh my God, I have to use that recording all the time. You know, when I do my series, Dave Juscow, Man of Leisure, That's how um, I'm going to start all my uh, all my shows from now on. ba boom! There it is. That's the one we've been looking for. Every time I talk about going out with a girl, I'm just going to hit that button. Yeah, so anyway, I saw this girl that I asked out a couple times. Oh, yeah, that's right. So anytime I talk about a girl now, you're going to get that. So I hope that's okay with everybody because uh, you better be expecting a lot more of it. Uh, mm. So I did uh, Fox News this week, which was nice. Um, nice to see my friends. You know, um, Had to give them my new email address. Fortunately, I did, and they actually called right that next day. And they are very interested, actually, in my story. Uh, because I'm not sure, you know, what the plan is yet for me and my, uh, the law firm I came from, uh, there's a, like I said, a lot of, uh, stuff. I, I, I think there could be some form of wrongful termination suit. Uh, I think, uh, every person that, I, I don't know how the investigation was conducted, but, um, I would like to do a little more research and, and Fox news was quite interested, in a story you know what they might just be interested in a story like that. they just might I mean, we got people on the press, right? They might be interested in a story like that. they might um yeah, my friend at the Post said the same thing. People are fascinated by the story they're interested it's a it's a me too story uh about a good person that didn't do anything. I didn't come out in a bathrobe, I didn't do anything uh and to be fired in this particular way is newsworthy so We'll see. Uh, As we continue the process, we will see, um, you know, uh, how this all plays out, I suppose. Um, You know, uh, whatever uh, happens to me, uh, implicating myself in any way, I don't really care. So I just want fairness. I want it to come out that everything was fair and um, I just want to I want a clean fight I want a clean fight and I would like to know exactly um, what the terms are uh, you know how it all went down Uh, plus you know all the other stuff that I have um, you know that made me feel uncomfortable at the firm for all these years that I didn't mention because I thought everything was cool but you know if you're going to I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to play this way, what am I supposed to, what am I supposed to just sit here and take it? I thought I liked everybody there, you know? I mean, I, I, you know, haven't really heard from that many people there. So it's depressing. I don't want to, I don't want to hurt anybody there. I don't, but uh, I just, I would like to, I think people would be interested to see how something like this works for, um... A normal Joe like myself, uh, that didn't send any dick pics and um like I said didn't come out in any bathrobe or anything and, and and that maybe we've gone a little too far uh with just jumping to conclusions and uh let's let's look at the characters of uh these people that um had something to do with my uh termination. Is that fair? I think it is. So we will see as the months draw on. And, uh, so two people interested in something like that. And then, uh, you know, maybe I can be the spokesperson for, uh, you know, men, good men, who have uh, been in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, there's a lot of, uh, men who should be me too as we know. And then I think, um, Things are getting out of control. I was on Kevin Brennan's show today, and he's been opening for Louie. Poor Louie. Louis C.K. Um, that poor guy. I don't know whether he'll ever come back. I think we talked about that last time. But he's pretty smart and scrappy, so he probably will. And at least he has money to, in the meantime, survive. This is where I have a problem. But what does a man of leisure do on his first week of not having a job in 20 years? Not a vacation, but just a a permanent vacation, as Aerosmith put it in their 1980 album. Um, On Monday, I didn't do anything. I think I recorded the podcast, and then that was it. That was my whole day. I've been sleeping nonstop, like 10 hours, 10 and a half hours a day. I clocked my... I, what that health thing on my app clocked me a ten and a half hours the other like uh, Wednesday I think Wednesday night ten and a half hours because I I got nothing to wake up for. Yeah, on Tuesday I started like all right, let me let me set up my email account that I'm gonna have to use from now on. <laughs> yeah, you I'm know, just going go through one at a time, I guess. And then, thank God, Rachel Feinstein has been lovely, and she's been calling a lot and hanging out a lot. So she made me dinner on Tuesday. Uh, I took the ferry over there again, you know, because it's only two bucks. No Ubers, no cars, all bikes, ferries, subways. Um, thank God the weather's nice. Uh, And she made me dinner, and then we went to a comedy club. No, we went to a bar in Brooklyn and had a comedy club for her and Irene Bremis. And then the guy goes, oh, do you want to go on? Do you want to do a guest spot? Now, normally, I I need to say yes. I have to be ready because I got to prepare. I got to do some dates. I got to practice. Because remember, not only do I have the show on June 4th, but I got those huge shows in July, and I need to practice. But I am not in the headset to... To perform, I'm just not. I'm not in the headset to do comedy. I know you should be able to put it on automatic, but even though I'm saying this is Dave Juskow, professional comedian, which now I am, I am Dave Juskow, professional comedian now. I'm Dave Juskow, professional stand up comedian. That's my uh, the theme song to my new series. Dave Juskow, professional stand-up comedian. Well, I am, technically, right? Uh, I don't do anything. You don't do anything else? Nope. I only do stand-up comedy. Although, uh, that place in Staten Island that I like, that restaurant, they asked me if I wanted to work there. Uh, maybe I'll work there a couple nights a week. I'd actually pref- like to wash dishes because I feel like that's what I should be doing. If, if, if Look, why do you like this podcast? Because I talk about movies and TV I talk about stuff, I connect stuff from my life to movies and TV because movies and TV are my entire life. My entire life. And show tunes. Whatever. Movies and TV have taught me everything. I like to live my life like a TV sitcom. So if we're living our life like a movie and TV, then I need to get fired after 20 years. I obviously have to start washing dishes where, you know, somebody can uh, find me. Well, you're just the kind of kid we're looking for for our new picture. How'd you like to be in a talking picture? Me? I don't know. I'm just a paper boy. I got to get the papers tomorrow delivered everywhere, including Brooklyn. Newsies. Fucking. Anyway, uh, so I couldn't do it. Rachel was like upset with me. And I'm like, but she understood. She understood. Like, I was just like, I know. Next time, next time, I swear to God, I'll be ready. I'll be ready. But I'm not ready. I need to practice every day when I'm home. Just at my house like I did with Sarah. I need to continue to. I, and what, what? do I don't time. I got nothing but time. I have nothing but time to exercise and practice comedy. So that's on me. But again. The headspace. It's taking a while. To figure it all out. And I don't think anybody would blame me. For you know waiting two to three weeks for it to kick in. I was talking to Lee Maracus. He said it took me a month. It took me a month before I was like, all right. All right, so I'm not working there anymore, right? I mean, it's like uh, uh, the Bill Murray thing. Um, Okay, so the basic problem is I'm still around. I mean, it's like the basic problem is I'm not going back to work, right? It's, It's 20 fucking years. My niece is that old. Since she's been born, I've been working at this place. It's, it's a very, very difficult adjustment. So I got it, you know, so, uh, you know, listen, this podcast has hit rock bottom. We got to retool with an edgier format. New guest, my, my guest, well, my guest next week was supposed to be Jim Fowler, but I heard he just died. God damn it. I have the worst luck. But uh, actually, I'm where I'm expecting a phone call from Doris Day when I just just, wait. I'm looking at my phone. What? Shit. I got to tell you, just before I uh, went on the air (laughs) today, um, got a call from Dan Filato. And uh, according, we don't know whether it's fake news or not, but Artie has been arrested again. Artie Lang has been arrested again. Uh, Some say it is fake news, but then another New Jersey paper said it wasn't. Um, the word at this time, although the story is developing, is that Artie Lang, um, didn't do his rehabilitation properly or something, you know, something like that. He was in court-ordered rehab and broke the rules. This is what I've heard at the taping of this podcast, and he got arrested again. God damn it. This guy. And anyway, um... So, you know, uh, thank God for those guys. Then we uh, we went to uh, Rachel's husband, you know, is the captain in the fire department. So we went to the firehouse and hung out with the with the guys for a while. It was a lot of fun. They were making cookies. Um, You know, that's pretty entertaining. But then, of course, I got to the point of the night. I'm like, I need to be alone or I need to get out because I'm thinking about it again because it was nighttime. Uh, but then she came over. She slept over which was nice because it was nice to have somebody there in the morning to kind of have breakfast with or something, you know, because in the morning it gets a little depressing again. And then, you know, once I have a cup of coffee, it's better. You know how it is. So that was all right. And then um, and then my friend Kenny took me out to this really nice restaurant uh, called Pietro's, I believe, on 43rd and 2nd. Very, very pricey, very nice of him. Take me out and we had a a, a meal fit for a king and some veal parmesan. And apparently this place, Pietro's, by the way, if you look it up online, they apparently make the best... You know how I like to go to places where they have the best of something? You know, like that place that said they had the best chicken parmesan. This place claims they have very good. I got to try it here. But this place is known for their Caesar salads. And Kenny demanded that we both get Caesar salad, and it was actually... Truly the best Caesar salad I'd ever had. And there's actually an online video. If you look up Pietro's Caesar salad, um, I think if you look it up on YouTube, there's a video of why it's the best and how they make it. And uh, I could just go in there, have a drink, and eat that Caesar salad every time. It was that good. That was fantastic. And then I took leftovers home because now I got to be that guy. I never take leftovers home ever. Now I have to. this blows. But at least there was something to do, and then Thursday I did the, uh, the Fox News, and then right after I did a charity walk, Thursday night down on Wall Street for the Heart, the American Heart Association. all both charities run through Columbia Presbyterian Hospital and the nurses. That work at these places uh, So I was walking with the nurses of Columbia Presbyterian But it was the American Heart Association So it was the nurses from all the hospitals here in the city uh, NYU, Langone, uh, Mount Sinai, Beth Israel it was all, And they're all competing, it's really funny You know, like, you were like, Columbia Presbyterian, yeah! And uh, it was kind of funny Seeing the uh, interactions between the hospitals, they certainly don't hate each other, but uh, there's a competition. Oh, those guys like never go there for that. It apparently each hospital has a thing that they're best at. I think Columbia Presbyterian is best for like heart and valve. I think they said, and like Langode is is better for something else. Uh, I don't know what. You know, I wasn't paying attention, but um, you know they block off Wall Street, uh, which is kind of a pain in the ass for cars trying to get by, but. Uh certainly was a nice night for a walk. It's like a three and a half mile walk. Uh, the people we were walking with were terrific. They're like I said, they're nurses, and it was nice to be with uh nice people that do good they do good things every day. Uh again, that can take you away from what you're talking about because I'm walking with one of the guys decided to walk with these nurses because they gave him a new heart. So you know, maybe I should shut up. Uh, right now, I'm still, you know, living in New York City uh, in my penthouse. <laughs> Overlooking the, uh, the East River. Maybe I should shut up. And because I, I I guess I have my health, but now I'm not sure because I'm all panicked because I don't have insurance anymore. And I haven't not had insurance for 20 years. Now, I only go to the doctor twice a year, but, you know. Now I'm in that thing before I got this job where I'm, like, nervous if anything happens, especially in the middle of the night when shit happens. Do you think your appendix is going to burst and it turns out to be gas? Uh, How nervous am I now, especially being older? No insurance? Now I'm with everybody else who's complaining about insurance. I don't know how you pay for insurance. How how can you afford insurance on your own? Shit. So I'm not sure how that's going to work out. But I was with these people, and they're very nice. And then uh, we all decided to go to Chinatown and go to dinner, which we walked to again. So I think I walked about 12 miles that day. Um, and we walked to WoHop, which is that place that's open 24 hours. You should never go in there before midnight. Uh, but we did. I was with my friend Alina, and she's like, no, let's go there. And it was delicious and fun and great. Like I said, people were so nice. And I was uh, very happy that they... Uh, Let me be part of um, something like that. So that was good. I mean, I I guess these walks couldn't have happened at a better time. I always have three walks in May. And to be part of a group and, uh, you know, kind of think about that people have it much, much worse. Perfect timing. So, uh, you know, so then... Then my friend Katie was in town, and but she was all the way uptown, kind of by my house, at, like she was in the 30s or something on Madison, and we were all the way down in Chinatown. That's far, you know. If you don't know Manhattan, it's still pretty far. I mean, if you were anywhere else, it would be, you know, a car ride that would be about a mile, but in Manhattan, it's like you know tough. So I was walking because I'm like, all right, how am I gonna, how am I gonna do it? Am I walking up there? I can't take a cab. I wanted to take a cab. To meet them right away, but I can't afford it. Um, I don't want to take the subway, it doesn't go to where I'm going. That'll take more time. To, can I walk? It's far. Then I ran into this guy on the street that I knew, and I talked to him for a while, and then I realized I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna take the bike. I'm gonna take the bike. I'm just gonna do it, even though I'm gonna be all sweaty, and I just walked twelve miles. The bike is the way to go, and I took the bike up there, and then of course, you know come to the bar that they're at and I'm all I'm like I gotta go immediately to the bathroom and like just freshen up but that's the way it's got to be from now on I mean you know if I have time like today I went to Kevin's show and when I went to the Hope and Heroes walk you know I got time I can give myself an hour like you know I'll go to the comedy show tonight I can give myself an hour to get that can ride slow so I don't get all sweaty so it's not exercise it's just a mode of transportation But, you know, if you're rushing in the heat, it's just gross. Let alone, you you know, you want to wash your hands from who knows what's on those handlebars. I just, they don't have the electric bikes anymore. It's killing me. They got to bring those back. They got to bring those back or else. And uh, then Friday morning, I was uh, fortunate enough again to. Uh, Rachel again put a, a little lunch together They they were supposed to come over and do the podcast But it just wasn't working out So me, Rachel, Feinstein, Marina, Franklin And Keith Robinson uh, All had lunch together down by the cellar uh, Around noon at this Mexican restaurant Sitting outside Perfect day Then it started to rain But still, nice weather And it was so lovely And Keith uh, paid for me Which was so nice Um He's hilarious. Uh, Liz down at the Comedy cellar got this great gift for Amy Schumer's baby. Uh, Amy Schumer's obsessed with Keith Robinson. Keith's on her podcast with Rachel and uh, uh, Bridget, I think. And Liz thought of the idea of making a bib with Keith's picture on it, so Amy Schumer's baby is always throwing up on Keith's picture, which is pretty goddamn brilliant uh, gift if you're going to get somebody uh, like her a gift that's... You know, because she could say, like, I already have three of these, but she definitely didn't have three of those, and she got them in every size, so as the baby gets larger, she can still (laughs) use them, and that is pretty funny, and Keith was really funny, and he was making me laugh, and that was a good day, and then, of course, I just, like, walked, you know, because then the other day I walked to the cellar, said hello, and then I just... Walked home. There was no rush to do anything. So I was supposed to have a date on Friday. Friday, and I didn't want, I don't want to have any dates. These were all set up in advance, and I was supposed to have a date on Friday. And, you know, um, there's like my train's coming in, something like this. And uh, train, I'm from where? I guess she's coming from out of town. And uh, I get to the place, and she's like, yeah, I'll be there in an hour. And I'm like, an hour? I'll just forget it. I went back home. I didn't want to spend any money anyway, so I went back home. I was, you know, I was, uh, I don't know what to do. I mean, I want to interact with people, but I don't want to spend any money. And uh, I went back home. And, you know, like I said, fortunately, uh, you know, it's an all bond weekend, so you can see this. Oh, my friend Lawrence told me, told me something very interesting. Do you remember our favorite scene from, um, uh, that's completely, uh, I guess, politically incorrect now, but um, from You Only Live Twice?
0: Why do Chinese girls taste different from all other girls? You think we better, huh? No, just different. Like Peking duck is different from Russian caviar, but I love them both. Darling, I give
2: you very best duck. Well, that'd be lovely. Uh, You know, our favorite thing. You think me better? Uh, That woman who says, you think me better? Darling, I give you very best duck. Turns out that that woman is in the poker scene in Casino Royale with Daniel Craig. You know, obviously older uh what was it what what that come out in 2006 so this was was it 60 69 79 89 99 2000 so she's 40 years later yes yeah, so she's probably in her 60s um i don't know her name but she's in the scene you know there's there's the big fat black guy the the other players that aren't lishief and bond and uh you know she's one of the players Uh, Like one of the, you know, the big high-stakes players. That woman from that scene is in Casino Royale as well. I had no idea that's so interesting. I don't know why. just is.
0: Why do Chinese girls taste different from all other girls? You think we better,
2: huh? She doesn't. I, I wish she would have said that in casino royale um that would have been great if they had just kind of done a knock like you know like just like you think we better <laughs> just like she should have said it as an adult but uh that was pretty cool that made me happy oh you know what else will make me happy i guess oh yeah this will
1: Drinking the wine makes me feel quite sophisticated, a bit like, you know, James Bond ordering a martini. I'd like a, like a martini, shaken, not stirred. I want it now. Don't make me wait. I'll have a vodka martini, shaken, not stirred. I'll have a vodka martini, shaken, not stirred. I'll have a vodka. I'll have a vodka. You look very worried. Uh, So do you. You should take a look at your face. I'll have a vodka martini, shaken, not stirred. You look like you're recovering from a stroke and learning how to get mobility again. I'd I'd like a vodka martini, shaken, but not stirred. I can feel my legs. It's a miracle. I'd like a vodka martini, shaken, but not stirred. I'd like a vodka martini, shaken, not stirred. Come time, Mr. Bond. You derive just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Come, Mr. Bond. do you get dressed as much pleasure and kidding as I I'm it. saying that bit. All right, no, I'm just saying, just don't caricature, try and do it real. Come, Cam- come, Mr. Bond. Well, shut up, don't tell me how to act. I, well, I bloody should do. Why? Because sometimes you tend to sort of, you know, crank it up a bit. You know, yeah, Because you are widely regarded as the king of understatement. All right, I would do like this. Come, come, Mr. Bond. do you get dressed as much of Come, come, Mr. Bond. Try and get the lines oh, right. All right. As a, as a rule, it's okay. more effective if you, okay. if you don't okay. fluff the line. Okay, but I'll deliver it with a nice bit of understatement. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. That was the one. All right. Okay. Story. All right. This is it. This is it. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Fucking yeah. No, you went up at the end, like you yes. like you watch Australia. Did you see what I did
0: on my face? Come,
1: come, Mr. Bond. You get just as much pleasure from killing as I do. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You derive just as much pleasure from killing as I do. When I kill, I kill for queen and country, though I admit killing you would be a pleasure. Come, come, Mr. Bond. You derive just as much pleasure from If it's Pierce Brosnan, he'd say, when I kill, I kill. <laughs> My name is Bond, James Bond. When I kill, I kill for queen and country, although I admit killing you would be a pleasure. You know, I've never liked artichokes, and there's nothing Hi. Do Liam Hi. Look, if you let her go, that'll be the end of it. But if you don't, I will hunt you down. I will find you. And I will kill you. Liam Neeson. <laughs> I do this for a living. If you let her go now, that'll be, if you let her go now, that'll, that'll be the end of it. One man searching for her. if you don't, I do this for a living. <laughs> I will hunt you down. I will find you. What was his job? And I will kill you. What did he do for a living? I'm with supply uh, teacher. No. I do this for a living. Now get out your textbooks.
2: (laughs) Uh, Sometimes you just got to play the stuff that works for you, you know? And that makes me laugh. Uh, Every time. That's from The Trip. Steve Coogan and uh, Rob uh, Brandon. Is that his name? Rob Brydon, I think. I never saw The Trip 2. So uh, maybe I should take a look at that now that I have all this time. So I'm trying to watch uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, but it's all tainted. It's hard to watch anything. Uh, because I, I don't know. You know, there could be one thing that just sets me off and reminds me that I suck. Or something. This Saturday, Memorial Day weekend, I will be going uh, to the Borgata. Where I will be playing in July uh, To see David Tell And Jeff Ross That Should be fun Except being in Atlantic City With no money Maybe I can get some money by then You know, for gambling Uh, The best joke ever Bill Maher told it Um, He's walking around Atlantic City And he sees a guy And he goes Hey, uh, can I get you know, 20 bucks, my wife needs an operation. And then he goes, uh, well, how do I know if I give you this 20, you won't just go in there and, you know, gamble it away. Oh, no, no, I got gambling money. Uh, (laughs) So, we'll see. But uh, that's what I'm going to do. So that's something to do this weekend, I guess. I don't know, maybe even on uh, Sunday morning I can... Go to the beach. Will that make me happy? I don't know. But it's something. It's something to do. It's something to look forward to. And that's that's all I got left. Um I just need I need plans. I need friends. I need um people that get it. And uh, I don't know and guidance and direction and I don't know where I'm going to get it from as we open the podcast you never know where it's going to come from perhaps it's just like when I tell people if they're looking for a place to live which who knows how long this will last here Uh, you have to ask everybody you know everybody everyone tell them you're looking for a place you don't know it'll always come from the most unexpected of sources. So I guess I should tell everybody I'm looking for work, except I don't know what it is I want to do. I mean, I should definitely try and look for something in the entertainment field, I suppose. But uh, I suppose if uh, things get bad again, I'll have to go back to doing what I was doing. Which I was good at, too. But that is all for another day. You know, the funny thing about these guys is that they're actually on tour. Kansas, I'm talking about. They're playing the Sands Bethlehem Event Center on May 30th. Uh, As you know, I will be following them at the Sands Bethlehem Event Center on uh, July 19th. So, you know, so it's me, uh, Kansas. (laughs) Oh man well I wish they were there the night after I was there or whatever I could I would I would go see them perform right Kansas Kansas I mean really there's just like three songs I'd want to hear and then I'd be like all right thanks that happens with a lot of places I guess but uh, anyway I don't know I guess that's all I mean listen I mean it's weird. Uh, If you're a fan of the podcast, if you've been listening for the, what is it? Has it been five years? Over 200 podcasts? This podcast is like crazy. It's all over the place. And right now we're in a funk, but what are you supposed to do? I look at it like this. Like when Howard Stern has his book out, you know, which uh, Howard Stern comes again, which just came out. He's just been talking about the book and the promotion nonstop. And at some point you're like, God, I can't wait for that to end. But you go through phases with somebody that's on every day or once a week or he's on three times a week. And if it's a podcast where you're talking about your life and yourself and things that you do, well, then I guess you just have to go through the phases with the person. And, and you choose to to listen, no matter what is going on in their particular life at the time. Because uh, what else are you going to do? So, you know, we've hit rock bottom. We have to retool, an edgier format, new guests. Everything will change as the calendar turns to June, June 4th. My show at the Comedy Cellar right now is just called Dave just and Friends, but it is not called that. It is called Dave Juskow, Broadway Bound. And it's with Jessica Kurson, Judy Gold, Mateo Lane, Rick Chrome, and Mike Vecchione. Now that is a strong show, I'm telling you. This is the strongest show I've had since my birthday with Sarah Silverman, Gilbert Gottfried, and others. I can't remember the rest because that was pretty strong anyway. And Tell I think, was on that show. So this is the strongest show I've had in a long time. But I still say, you know, you need to put who else is on the list. It can't just be Dave Jessica and Friends. Anyway, everybody have a great Memorial Day. When we return, maybe things will be different. We'll find out as the calendar turns to June.